You're listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. And he's starting to open up. He gets away. The margin, seven metres. Whisper a secret, a clear second. So serious third to the outside class to the max. But for real life, into the home straight. He's off and gone for real life. Next stop is Sydney. And for real life, returns in style. For real life, whisper a secret. Class to the max is third. Just one of many horses going around. Talented horses in this uh, powerful. Face Adios Classic uh, tomorrow night. Strong Queensland representation, but the horse have all got to beat, of course, the Kiwi. It's Merlin for the Purdens. Zach Butcher uh, drives uh, in this at this program. But Chris Barsby is joining us. There's so much to talk about. And, of course, uh, Newcastle tonight. All eyes there, Chris, as well. And that's a good time leap to Fames race. Well, it's a great way to start the weekend, Steve. We've got some great racing across all three codes, but it starts tonight. Newcastle, race number five. It's at a great time slot, 7.40. So... Really looking forward to this race with Leap to Fame. So it's all important. Winner of this race guaranteed a start in the Miracle Mile in two weeks' time. So hopefully, uh, just from a Queensland viewpoint, Leap to Fame wins, gets his invitation, and it's full steam ahead to the Miracle Mile. Can you imagine, though, Chris, honestly, mm. if he had to do it the tough way or something happened, he was three wide the last lap or something and ran third. I don't he, think it's going to be easy Surely tonight. he's got to get, He's the best horse in Australia and you leave him out of America. Might be kidding yourself if they did that. True. There'd be an uproar. True. But I think he could be in for a tough trip tonight. I don't think it's going to be easy tonight. Um, he might have to park out to win the Newcastle. What's the track mile? record there, do you know, for that? Uh, 50.7. And when was that set? Uh, four years ago, Major Dan. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they're going to break the track record given that sort of weather, sort of forecast that uh, Kim Treweek outlined yesterday down there. But I think it's going to be very interesting. And there's something that I've picked up on during the week with the tab markets that I'm keen to expand on a little bit later. Uh, either Jared or Andrew might be able to uh, outline to me. It looks like he has been ice cold for the Miracle Mile as far as the price is concerned, leap to fame. I think he's he's been very easy, and I want to know why. Well, as we said last week, Chris, like I saw those quarters last week, they'll better be best, and those other horses mm. were running. Like, that's fast. Like, if you're leading and running those quarters yeah. over a mile, like, and you're back giving them a start, how do, you, how do you possibly get past some of those horses? Keep in mind, though, Steve, he went sub-50 himself as a three-year-old mm. there. He drew the car park. He was three wide to the breeze, and I think he went 49-8, winning that Group 1 Breeders' Challenge. So he can go the fast time. But just getting around, yeah. I'm saying if he had an awkward draw, yeah. you know. So, but I find that interesting, though, that there's just been that little bit of a drift in the market. Why? Like, he's $1.35 tonight. Why, why are, all of a sudden are they just starting to ease him out in the Miracle Mile? Yeah, well, that's my thought, I suppose, yeah. if he just draws. It has to do work, and they're flying up front and running mm. those ridiculous fast quarters that they can run. So, um, well, last year. Who won it last year? The Miracle Mile. Yeah. Catch a wave. He's in tonight as well. Yeah. So tonight we've got Lee. Did he front. lead last year or take a sit? Or, um, uh, no, he led last Les year. Lee led. What about previous years? All leaders, were they? Or horses um, on pegs? Yeah, I think you've got to yeah. be on the pegs when you're running that sort of time. So they're going to go sub 50 for sure and certain. So pegs is the best spot to be. So... Uh, yeah, so we've got Leap to Fame tonight. We've got Catch a Wave, the reigning Miracle Mile champ. He steps out in that Geelong Rocket race. Uh, we've got that good race over in Perth as well. And then there's uh, a number of features coming through tomorrow night. So 
it sets up for a good time. The Chariots is just a, a fascinating race. So I think this is going to be a, a great addition in 2024. Um, and it's got, to, it's got to have a real impact for the Miracle Mile as well. So looking forward to seeing how some of these stars step out tomorrow night. The Paleface Adios qualifier, Merlin for real life. They're all there. Don't stop dreaming. He's in action tomorrow night as well. Um, so it's, it's a it's a good good card of racing there. Sooner the better goes around as well. Looks like he's going to be in the in the chariots of fire. So there's a lot to look forward to. Yeah, but of course King of Swing three years in a row. I yeah. can't remember where he sat and running um, to win those three. But I think uh, he led in most of them. Yeah, Spankham before that. Yeah, he did he lead. My field he beat Marshall? his stable mate. My field marshal came from off the speed to score. Lenny the Shark was on pace. Wasn't it? Yeah, or did he come to the outside? I have to have a look. Yeah. He, you throw questions at me uh, from left field. Uh, last Queensland winner of the race. Of a miracle mile. Mm. Uh, be good, Johnny. Yeah. He went back to back. Too good. Yeah. 2005, six. Jared's with us, Chris. Jared, good morning. Morning, Chris. Can you explain that to me? What, why are they going cold on him for the miracle mile when he's such a short price favourite tonight? 1,600. Mm. Okay. Back to sixteen hundred, mm. and, and I know he's short tonight, but he's he's getting out, and they've backed, they're backing a few to beat him. Are they backing um, the four-year-olds, the younger horses? Because I posed that question to Grant last week. I said, "Is your biggest rival now likely to come from the four-year-old? This current crop of stars like Don't Stop Dreaming, Merlin, Frankie Ferocious, and there's others there. So, is that the biggest threat now to leap to fame? And I suppose the focus." has been on the chariots of fire over the last couple of weeks. So a punter's starting to hone in on these four-year-olds and just losing a little bit of interest in leap to fame, if you could say that. Yeah, yeah you're probably right. I mean, tonight, it's been a huge go, hot and, treacher hot and treacherous. And as we know, he landed a massive plunge last week at his first start for the Grimson Stable. Tonight, it was $9. It was $6 earlier this morning. It's into 5 as I said, Leap to Fame's a drifter, 125 out to 135, and even Can't Find a Better Man has been 12 into 9. So there's plenty of interest in uh, in those to beat Leap to Fame tonight at uh, at Newcastle. What would have been interesting tonight, Jared, if Hot and Treacherous drew inside of Leap to Fame? Mm. Like, if there's support for him now and he's drawn outside him, outside most him, are thinking, yeah. you know, it's Mission Impossible, but... If he had a drawn inside him, it would have been fascinating to see what sort of support he would have garnered. Yeah, you're right. I suppose the other thing, too, quite clearly he's taken some improvement since he's ventured down south. And I guess tonight the acid test will find out how much he has improved. Mm. Well, let's go through this market. So we've got Pete said so, 41. Can't find a better man who does have a victory over Leap to Fame, $9. Canina Provolima, 14. Mac Da Vinci, 12. Leap to Fame, $1.35. Hot and Treacherous, 5. Max Delight up from Victoria, 17. Loyalist at 51. So Leap to Fame, um, you know, what, what price did he open earlier in the week? 125. We've got two divisions here. Yeah. Leap to Fame fans, and, and there's a gazillion of those around Australia who are always happy to take the short price. And there are those who think maybe he's a risk back to the mile. Um, some of these others, and as I mentioned, Hot and Treacherous has been nine into six this morning, and that's gone. He's into five, and can't find a better man. Number three has been 12 into nine. So fascinating betting race. Mm. So that's race five. That's the Newcastle Mile coming through at 7.40 Queensland time. Speaking of the Miracle Mile, reigning champ is Catch a Wave. He steps out in the Geelong Rocket tonight, which is race six. 8.03 start time for Queenslanders. Uh, we've got Hit the Road Jack, 101. Le Captain, 7. Tangoing with Sierra, 31. Triple Eight, 10. 
Macdan 210, Catchaway 195. So it's a race in two. Interestingly, Macdan, I think he's won the past two editions of the Newcastle Mile. He stays in Melbourne tonight, contesting mm. this race, Catch a Wave. He's at $1.95. So which way are they going? Well, these two opened up $2 each of two. So it's always interesting to see where punters go early. Um, you know, he's been beaten twice uh, this time in, I think, Catch a Wave. Uh, but he was the one that toughened up two dollars into a dollar ninety five. Macdan got out to two twenty, back into two ten this morning. So there's still nothing much separating these two. Chris, uh, catch a wave, slight favourite one ninety five. Macdan at two dollars ten. Having said that, uh, there's been a bit of a push for the captain, seven fifty into seven dollars. The rest are pretty much friendless. But Small field, catch a wave. Is he back? I guess we'll know tonight. But uh, yeah, he's into odds on there. It's D Day tonight, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. If he doesn't win tonight, he's in big trouble. Do I read somewhere yeah. they've, they've changed his work a bit, Chris, and really poured it into him? Well, I think they, they need to do something because okay. Jared said he's had two runs back. He's been unplaced in both. He was okay at Ballarat in the Cup there, but then he was just awful in the in the Hunter Cup. I think he choked off there with a lap left to run. He was sitting behind Leap to Fame. He's gone a long, long way Yeah, out. Yeah, he dropped right out. So maybe they've got to make some changes. So not surprised if they have poured a bit more work into him, but it is D-Day tonight for Catch a Wave. So you couldn't take the 195. No, no way. No way. I mean, he might win and he's, he's back in form and I guess everything's back on track, but I think you'd want to be seeing it first. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Uh, the big one over in uh, in the West tonight, the Shandon four-year-old classic. We've got a shorty here, hotly pursued, uh, and he's at $1.45. Others in the market, looking at it, we've got 370 rolling fire, and then eight fifty, holy heck, and nine dollars all is well. Is it all one way traffic here for the favourite? It is. Uh, well, yes, yes, with a little bit of a question mark. Now it opened at one fifty five, hotly pursued. It's into one forty five, as you just mentioned. Rolling fire three forty out to three dollars seventy. The one that did get some early support is number three, holy heck, and now it was fifteen into eight fifty. Hasn't moved since, so that money's clearly dried up, but. Uh, the fact that it's shortened up a couple of times, hotly pursued, dollar uh, forty-five now, clear favourite. All right, uh, tomorrow night down in Sydney, Menangle, the Pale Face Eddie Stakes. This is the final qualifier for the Chariots of Fire. Uh, we've got Captain Hammerhead eight fifty, uh, Rock and Roll Hammer at ten. Earl of Pembroke at 81. Uh, then we've got Better Be the Best, 390. For Real Life, 5. RD's Flash, 31. It's Merlin, 215. Doug's Platter, 26. Sure Thing, Captain, 41. Perfect Class, $15. So the emergency's there. Mr. Robin Hood could help a rescue. So it's the Kiwi. First Aussie star tonight, 215. Are they getting around him? Not really. Um, having said that, though, there's no major moves in this race. I think punters are treating this one with a lot of caution. 210 out to 215. The second pick better be the best. Number six has been 360 to 390. For real life, unmoved at $5. Been some sort of interesting Captain Hammerhead, which opened at 10, got into nine, and uh, an hour or so ago was into 850. And also number two, Mr. Robin Hood, at a price 26 into 23. So no real reaction to that market yet. Favourite just gets out a little bit for two reasons. Firstly, we haven't struck a big blow yet and, and obviously we're starting to tighten up the percentages a little bit as well. So nothing to report there at this point in time. All right. Captain Hammerhead, as I mentioned, trialled really well on Monday night for David Moran. Uh, the market's gone up for the free-for-all, which features Don't Stop Dreaming race six. He's... Uh, He's $1.70, so it'll be interesting to see uh, if they jump into that price uh, at $1.70 for tomorrow night, race six. 
I'll see if they've done anything there. No, nothing yet. Yeah. Uh, expensive Ego, 460 to 480. Smithy's Terror, 550 out to 6. See if anything's come in. No. All right. Well, let's no. go down to Melton tomorrow night. We've got the rematch here from the Great Southern Star. Uh, Call me the breeze up against Just Believe. Just Believe draws gate one. We'll get to that race in just a moment. Queen of Light is going to start a short price favourite in her feature. This is the Breed for Speed Gold Series final. She's at $1.45, $5 Rebel Stoke, and then we're looking at longer odds. Are they getting around Queen of Lighter? They are. She opened at 155, now into 145. Uh, the second pick there, Rebel Stoke, has been 450 out to five. Visionary has been seven out to 950. Egret. Nine out of ten. So clearly the best back there and no real support for anything to beat her. All right. The Group 1 Trotting Grand Prix. Just believe $1.55. Call me the breeze. $3. Next best, uh, $12. Kiang Chucky. So just believe. Clear favourite. Drawn barrier one. Does he bounce back? Looks like it. Uh, well, clearly it's a race in two from a betting perspective and, and that's uh, it might be a race in one actually because just believe did open at 170 Call me the breeze at 270, obviously the victor last start. But uh, that was quickly gone into 155 and hasn't really moved since. Uh, whilst that's been going on, call me the breeze is out to $3 and we really can't find a starter for anything else there. So uh, he's expected to win again, just believe. OK. So just looking at it, is it a little quiet this weekend as far as uh, like is. big goes? Yeah, Sounds yeah like it, it is. Yeah. Mm. So have we got uh, a uh, yeah, I have. Yep. Um, we'll start with Gloucester Park tonight. Race five, number two, Hotly Pursued, currently a dollar forty-five. Might keep away from that Newcastle race. I mean, on face value, Hot and Treacherous has been a huge move in a, in a big race, but can't take anything against Leap to Fame, can we? No. Uh, the second leg of the multi at Melton tomorrow night will take both of those favourites. Uh, race five, Queen Elida, which is a dollar forty-five, and race six, the Grand Prix. Uh, just believe a dollar fifty-five. So a three three legger this week. Right, that'll do us. So that's race five, number two, hotly pursued. Race five, Melton tomorrow night, Queen Elida. Race six, just believe. So dollar forty-five, dollar forty-five, dollar fifty-five. That'll build us for the weekend. That's it. Right, beautiful, excellent, Jared. Oh, I'll give you one for today. Yes, please. Yeah, we're ready to go. Race seven, number four, Jackawally leads all the way today. We've got a price for that uh, that champion? I think it's about even money now. They went up 340, but I think he's drawn to lead here and over the mile. What price is it? Evens, I think. I'll check. Um, yeah, you $2. mean $2. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> $2. Yeah, he not, doesn't like you no, saying evens. No, no. Exactly. Wait till you say 15 to 80 really blows up. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, $2. So race seven, and that one gets underway Number at 343. That's the go. We'll get something this afternoon. Excellent. Appreciate it, Jared. Thanks, Chris. See there's Jared Daffy joining us from Tab, and all those markets are available. Let's get some uh, more winners for the weekend. We need to fill the pockets. Ryan Spice joins us now. Ryan, good morning. Good morning, Chris. Are you at all surprised with that move for Hot and Treacherous tonight against uh, Leap to Fame, given that he's drawn outside him? I am to a certain degree that uh, I'm of the opinion that uh, Leap to Fame has enough gate speed to hold most runners that would draw to his outside. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm in your camp. I would have thought they would have come for him if he drew underneath Leap to Fame. And I'm assuming Grant's uh, game plan is to punch out as hard as he can and, and stay in front of Hot and Treacherous. Do you think he finds the, the peg line here tonight, Leap to Fame, or do you think he might have to chair up? 
I think it's on the cards just from the point of view of there might be unrelenting pressure. Um, that's But everything's on the table, isn't it, tonight? Uh, they're playing for keeps here. You get a golden ticket into the Miracle Mile. Mm. Just on Hot and Treacherous, did he surprise you or do anything last week first up for the new stable that you haven't seen before? Um, on face value, you can see the beaten margins of the horses around him. You wouldn't think that would be good enough to be competitive into a Miracle Mile series. But uh, he ran a 53-something middle half over the middle troop. That's just ridiculous. He should have really stopped and been beating, getting beat last week. Um, I think if he can put it right and not get pulling, um, yeah, he's a live hope. I think you're back to the mile will uh, will suit him perfectly. All right, another question that I wanted to throw at you. Speaking of uh, Jason Grimson, Frankie Ferocious scored last week. We already know that he's in the Chariots of Fire following his Bonanza victory in Melton. You watch a lot of Sydney races. Have you seen a horse win running the time that Frankie Ferocious did last week and make it look as easy as what he did? Yeah, Chris, hard held in 49 flat. Uh, I'm thinking the the 46.9 Myfield Marshall track record, it, it has to be in jeopardy uh, this carnival. I'm not sure which race it will be, but uh, the Chariots or the Miracle Mile or maybe even a qualifier. Um, I think the... I think they're set to start running 47 miles uh, regularly. All right. Why, though, Ryan? Uh, it's just the evolution of the breed, Steve, and the drivers are getting better, the carts are getting better, the track preparation's all improving, everything's... Uh, the race shapes, the way they're running them, the first half they're going out in... Um, it's just the evolution of the sport. Mm, incredible. Mm. Uh, speaking of the four-year-olds, tomorrow night, just what's your mindset with Merlin? So this is his first Australian start... He's at $2.15. He looked good winning uh, that free-for-all at uh, Auckland there last time out, beating self-assured. But w- what do you do with him here from your viewpoint as a punter, uh, given that he's got a somewhat sticky draw and he's up against high-quality opposition? How do you attack this race? Yeah, it's difficult, Chris, because you only need to finish top four to get your ticket into the chariots the week after. Um, I like that he's had a prep run in New Zealand. I love his career record. He's won 15 from 21, and he's earned over half a million dollars in prize money. He's clearly the horse to beat. Do I want to take 215? No. If he drifts right out to, say, 280, 290, will I be betting? Yes. Um, But he's going to have to do it the tough way here. I'm not sure he gets covered up. Uh, Perfect class is now scratched, so he was perhaps the logical breeze horse. Um, Is he quick enough to cross better be the best? I'm not sure. Um, so it's no gimme, and he's going to have the Queensland horse uh, for real life uh, stalking him from either his back or one out two back. So great race. Can't wait to see it. Um, the Aussies won't give the Kiwis any quarter, that's for sure. So is there anything in that race that you could entertain to beat Merlin? No, that's the thing, Chris. I don't want to back anything to beat him, but I can't be backing him at his current price either. All right. seventy. don't stop dreaming in the free-for-all there tomorrow night. Race six. Uh, any temptation? Yeah, that's probably a, a more appealing price. Um, he looks the goods, doesn't he? Uh, and stepping out 2300, that big long Menangle straight. I'm sure he'll probably settle at the rear of the field and then either make a mid-race move or if there's good enough tempo, he'll come with one run. Yeah, I could entertain that price, definitely. Okay. Where do we find your best bets for the weekend? Uh, Chris, we're going to stay close to home, I think. Um, I like the card at Albion Park from a, a betting point of view. I think there's a couple of... 
shorties that are going to be winning, and the first one of those will be race two, number five, OK Boomer. I like the setup here. Back to the mile. Trista can use his great gate speed, and uh, I think they won't see which way he's gone. OK, so that's the best. Race two, number five, OK Boomer. What else uh, fancies, uh, what takes your fancy tomorrow night? Yeah, another shorty in the back end of the card that you can uh, look, I think, for some multi-work is definitely race nine, number one, always smoking. Uh, this horse is a really good leader. You can easily run a 53-mile out in front. Uh, Pete McMullen's taken the drive. I think uh, he'll be leading and can jazz it up 600 out, and he'll be mighty hard to beat. Okay. Uh, the fact that Pete's not going to Sydney, it's a good indicator that he's got some good drives there tomorrow night, and this might be the best of them. Yeah, he looks he looks very hard to beat. He's a, a really solid leader. Um, I, yeah, I'd be shocked if he gets beat. All right. Well, we'll take those two. OK, Boomer, race two, number five, race nine, number one, always smoking. Enjoy the weekend. We'll chat again next week talking about the chariots. Cheers, Chris. There's Ryan Spice joining us. Let's go to TAB headquarters now. Andrew Spagnolo is about to join us. Andrew, good morning. Good morning, Chris. Uh, there's a lot to ask of you this morning because there's a lot happening. We'll talk about the Newcastle Mile in just a second. But as I mentioned, I've noticed there's just a little bit of a, uh, a trend away from Leap to Fame for the Miracle Mile. So can you outline or put your finger on why they've just gone a little cold punters for this one? I think perhaps reality is set in that it's going to be a much more uh, competitive uh, Miracle Mile than what was... Uh, first shaping up, and what I mean by that is the Kiwis have have, have actually arrived, and it appears to uh, it appears they do have, uh, let, let's say, a, a really strong hand to play um, in both the Chariots, but perhaps even the Miracle Mile. And with um, Jason Gribson getting a few new acquisitions, really up and firing, I have a feeling punters have just really become perhaps more aware of, of just how strong it might be, and his actual um, true starting price is, is heading north, and perhaps. At this stage in time, unless he comes out and really sets the world on fire tonight, he, he's going to start black figures um, in the Miracle Mile. Okay. Uh, Ryan just touched on uh, the speed. He thinks the 46.9 Australasian record could go by the wayside. It's it's hard to argue with that, given what times these horses are running right now. That's spot on. The, the, <clears throat> these days, the breed not get any slower and the tracks are evolving, so... You, uh, you think it should happen organically, but looking on paper, this race, if, if we do get the big guns there on the night and the weather conditions are good, we really should be expecting some serious times to be run. OK, let's talk about tonight, Newcastle Mile. Uh, Jared outlined earlier, there's been a move for Hot and Treacherous. Now, I find this a little, somewhat a little odd, given that he's drawn outside of Leap to Fame. Um, are you, or were you caught off guard with that move for Hot and Treacherous tonight? I was. I actually put up $9, I think, originally, and um, it was a first horse laid. I guess that camp are uh, very good with, um, obviously, their strike rate in general, but particularly mile runners. So probably, in hindsight, we should have gone up shorter. That said, if it doesn't get across, I think it could be in a little bit of, little bit of pain. The Newcastle mile starting point has been well covered off that the inside horses do struggle to, to get off the arm and perhaps punters' logic... So, is that it, it will get across early. For mind, I don't think it can cross them out of the gate, but I do think perhaps their main aim is just to land in front of Leap to Fame and perhaps get the 1-1 off him, and then that's how they perhaps will go on and win the race. That's a lot of ifs and buts if you're relying on that to happen, and hence why I thought that the $9 was perhaps 
Maury's price. At, at this stage, he's going to start somewhere in between. So the opening price doesn't appear to be uh, one that will return later in betting. I personally think can't find a better man holds the key to the race if he can do enough to get his feet up early. Uh, if not, perhaps even Mac Da Vinci. I know Canina has been leading the other races, but Mac, Mac off the arm was pretty good the other day, and, and that his starting spot can really get a slingshot there. So it's it's really is an intriguing race, despite the favourite being a dollar forty five is his current quote. Mm. It's a good point you raise about the, uh, the the start point there, the Newcastle Mile start point. Those inside horses, if anything, they've probably got a little bit of a, a disadvantage. So, in many ways, leap to fame is that is that just a perfect gate for him then? It is if the gate speed is true, and he, he does have. He's going to need to show pretty much his hand if he does want to um, burn him off the arm tonight. We'll find out just how quick he is and just how safe he is. Um, under under probably the, one, one of the bigger tests as far as his gate speed goes, particularly over a mile at Newcastle. The the benefit I guess he's got is he does have horses that I think if he gets there quick enough will let him go. I think the, most people think Canina might hold, but he tried to hold him at Cranbourne and it, it didn't end well. Yeah. I, I can't imagine he'd really want to go to war with Larry again. To me, that wouldn't make sense. Yeah. But stranger things have happened, and I, I think we can't find a better man. He's, he's even despite being gate two um, at Newcastle, anywhere else would be a good gate. Despite being gate two, I, I think Luke might be able to do enough. And I, I do think he would perhaps let Larry go if Larry's there first. But I'm not even sure he'll be there first. And that's what could make it a really great race. Mm, Andrew and Chris, I know we did speak to Grant Dixon a while ago, Chris, uh, about earplugs. Often he doesn't pull them, but mm. when he when he wants to really put him and fire him up on speed, he, he pulls those plugs. So. Uh, maybe that might be an option with him as well. But interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it's going to be a fascinating race, that one tonight. So let's just hope that the weather is uh, kind down there. Uh, also tonight, the Geelong Rocket. So catch a wave steps out here. He's the defending champ for the uh, the Miracle Mile. Currently, you've got him $11. It, it's D-Day tonight. If he doesn't fire tonight, say, win, he's in big trouble for the mile, isn't he? Yeah, I hate to say it. He, he probably, if he doesn't win tonight and or... Um, somehow he's a, he's a track record um, or, or, or um, to the eye an amazing second. I, I can't even see him figuring in even the, perhaps a Miracle Mile qualifiers. Uh, that said, this is his wheelhouse, isn't it? That The mile racing and this time of year, he seems to shine. So I hope for the connections and for the race itself, we, we do get what looks to be a two-horse race, but, but hopefully a, a really exciting one as well. Okay. Tomorrow night, the pale face, adios. Uh, it would have been a tough job uh, framing this market what, what do you do with Merlin what are the expectations from you with Merlin he comes over here he was crowned only earlier this week New Zealand three-year-old of the year over don't stop dreaming he's high quality 15 from 21 how difficult was it framing this market it was a tricky one for the reasons you stated a lot of unknown and listened to your show earlier in the week you hit the nail on the head with his racing pattern Generally speaking, every time I've watched him, and I've seen a fair bit of him live, he, he is a fantastic horse, but he does go back a lot in his races or generally isn't used out of the gate, uh, which isn't uncommon for Kiwis. But he, he in particular uh, sort of appears a little bit like I'm on the, on the mighty Quinn without putting a, um, a boom on him. He does have that scintillating turn of foot and that booming finish. That generally doesn't hold you in good stead at Menangle over the mile, particularly first go. So when framing the market, you knew... On ability, he's the best horse. He's also second or third favourite 
on, in the all-in market. So how do you go up too long given the first two picks aren't even in this race? So I sort of defaulted him to favouritism with, with that being with the logic being he's the best horse and he could be simply too good f- for them. Um, and I was also of the notion that better be the best and for real life uh, no moral to work to the top early, perhaps at any stage in the race. So that could really help Merlin. And long story short, that that's how it came to price it the way it did. Okay, so in many ways tomorrow night, you, you won't be shocked if he if he tightens tomorrow night or even drifts. You won't be shocked either way. Yeah, good uh, good call. This, this this is one example of a horse that could start three dollars or could start a dollar seventy, yeah. and it, for no good or bad reason, it, it, he could end up anywhere in regards to the betting and. I dare say he'll run a really good race. Whether or not it's good enough to win, we'll find out tomorrow. All right. Well, that is going to be a ripping race, no question about it. You've gone up with that market uh, for the free-for-all. Don't stop dreaming $1.70. Do you think they'll rally around him, the punters? Interesting. I know a lot of the belief is Jack Callaghan meant to stay with him or he's only driving him in the features. So I noticed that. I found that interesting that, he, that Mark was back on him or was that always planned? Well, I'm not sure. We spoke with Jack and I asked him if he's got the drive in the chariots and he said... I was only booked for this drive at this point, but he said I'll be happy to drive him in the chariots if they ah, if right. they need a driver. Makes sense. I actually thought it was a bit of a campaign-related thing, but I just assumed, and great example of why you should never assume. Um, to answer your question, 2300, you, you think could help it um, find a, a decent posse. That said, if um, Luke's to do fire and, and if they're on the front end and don't stop dreaming is a little too far off them, they could come home in a... You know, sub 54 last half, and all of a sudden he gets beat. Um, it's a very tricky race, I dare say, for punters to bet into, um, particularly with the, the driver change perhaps not being ideal compared to the last start. Yeah, I guess we'll learn a little bit more, but perhaps this is not his grand final, and, and maybe that, that, that's something that punters need to factor in. All right, the last race that I wanted to cover off with you this morning is this trotting Grand Prix, the Group 1 race at Melton tomorrow night, in, in many ways overshadowed by tonight and the, the race in Sydney. But this is a good contest. The rematch between Call Me The Breeze and Just Believe. Just Believe draws barrier one, $1.55. Call Me The Breeze at $3. What are you expecting come jump time tomorrow night? Uh, interesting, because I put up a dollar seventy, just believe, and literally got knocked off the stand, which I found rather surprising. Because know if you remember, Sir Fahrenheit crossed him almost for fun in the mm. um, uh, Inter Dominion Carnival. I understand, just believe, perhaps on that night uh, wasn't hell bent on holding the front or really squaring up out of the gate and that sort of stuff. But if I was to take a dollar seventy, I wouldn't. I'd, I'd want to be absolutely certain he's no moral to get crossed. So I still think he's a chance of getting crossed. And um, I do think the market might compact a little bit, particularly given uh, Cormier the Breeze did beat him last time they met, obviously under different circumstances, and he actually did all the work and just went under, just believed. But yeah, dollar fifty-five, three dollars to me is a little bit too wide apart on the spectrum, and I, I think just as I, and I think Cormier the Breeze would firm based off that. But we'll know a lot more after 100 metres in that race, and if Just Believe does hold up, which seemingly the, the market's uh, suggesting he will, hopefully we still get a really competitive race. I tell you what, if Cormier the Breeze gets him again tomorrow night, it sets up for a, uh, a fascinating uh, rest of the year because we don't know what we're dealing with here with Cormier the Breeze. He could. He could easily be better after the way he's come through that great Southern star. So if he gets him again tomorrow night, this is really going to shake up the uh, the elite level trotting here in Australia. Yeah, absolutely. We I, we don't have any future markets 
on the on the trotters as of yet. But if I was to frame them on Monday, you'd assume it's going to be two dollars each or two at best. Should just believe get beaten again on Saturday night. Mm. It's a great weekend coming up, Andrew. As always, appreciate the time. Uh, good luck across the weekend, and we'll talk again next week. Thanks, Chris. See you guys. There's Andrew Spagnolo joining us from Tab. And as I said, you can go to the website, tab.com.au. You can find all of those prices. So fascinating weekend coming up. Let's get the thoughts of Darren Clayton. He joins us each and every Friday, and he's online now. Darren, good morning. Yeah, morning, Chris. Morning, Steve. Steve, I've done some research for you mm. for your uh, whether you need to lead in a miracle mm. mile. Uh, I can confirm that of the past, so from 2023 back to 2019, so Spankham, King of Swings 3 and Catch a Wave, they have all led. However, however, only Catch a Wave has been in front at the finishing post the first time. King of Swing took him at least 400 metres to find the front on each occasion and Spankham about the same. So it's not necessarily just leading that first 400 metres, it's getting to the front with 1,200 to run. And what about if we go back further, is there any that were on the pegs that got through? Uh, so 2018, where Field Marshall uh, run the, uh, the record, anything for love led up, Field Marshall set one by two in the run. That was Lazarus's last Australian run. He finished unplaced. 2017 was an absolutely sizzling opening quarter by Hector JJ. He went 24-8 off the arm. Uh, Lenny the Shark pushed forward and sat parked from about the 800 onwards. 2016 was a day miracle mile. Arms of an Angel led that. Have Faith in Me sat one by two and uh, worked around them. So uh, before that, 2015, Chris and Me sat one by two in the run as easy on the eyelid. Mm. But so, it's interesting, isn't it? Recent years, uh, Ryan talked about, you know, the Bree, tracks getting faster, all that sort of stuff. Um, lead, horses up in the pace. But anyway. Mm. So There we go. Yeah, thanks, Darren. With Leap to Fame tonight, and you've heard all the talk this morning, there's been a good push for Hot and Treacherous. And given that Hot and Treacherous is drawn outside him, we've seen these two horses race a lot here in Queensland. Are you surprised? Yeah, because I didn't think... Uh, well, he can get out good. I don't think he's an absolute um, gazelle off the arm, hot and treacherous. I think he'd need to improve. And like Ryan sort of mentioned, I think Leap to Fame could do enough just to just to hold in front of him if he wanted to. Um, it just depend how he how Grant decides to play it. And um, yeah, it, I think the the push for him for hot and treacherous is. Um, is an interesting one because if Leap to Fame stays in front of him, well, he's either going to have to come around him or, or you know, potentially be three wide for a very long way. Uh, or, the, or the other scenario is um, they both sort of get waved on by. He's got to sit outside, Leap to Fame, Leap to Fame finds the front. So uh, either way you look at it, I, I find it an interesting move. It, it's going to be a, a really, uh, really good race and a good... Um, Appetite wetter for for next week with those sprint races into the following week for the Miracle Mile. Mm. It's a fascinating race tonight, no question. So that race at seven forty. How will it play out? We'll we'll find out tonight. What about tomorrow night down in Sydney? Uh, the Chariots qualify. The Pale Face Adios. Queensland has three runners. Do you give them any sort of hope here for real life? Uh, RD's Flash, sure thing, Captain. Uh, I think for real life, our best hope of winning the race. Uh, I think RD's flash would really need to 
he'd need to posse up pretty cheaply and he'd need them to be absolutely flying for, for him to show his best, which I think is off-tempo, so uh, he'd need that. I think, sure thing, Captain, um, yeah, just, I'd, I'm not really sure about him. Um, the widest gate, first up from a spell, um, yeah, and and really where is he at in terms of some of these better horses, so I think it's a, it's a bold plan, but... Um, certainly one that um, you know they're having they're having a crack and um, be interesting to see how it plays out but I, I think it's against him and I think the market reflects that um, better be the best he's the one thought he was a bit plain first up well and truly beaten but um, he was awful first up yeah Nathan Turnbull was I guess um, throwing out a, a few lines there he said he he didn't think it was that bad against the clock, but geez, he turned it around second up, didn't he? So um, what what do we see here? He wants to get into the Chariots of Fire. He's going to have to probably go chips in again early. So how that sets up the race will be really interesting. Mm. Yeah, it's a fascinating race, the Chariots, this year. I'm, I'm really looking forward to what plays out tomorrow night and then next week as well. So And the way they've changed it around where... That gap's, you know, a lot shorter now where previously they've had two weeks from the Chariots to the Miracle Mile. There's only a week now, so it makes it a lot more uh, of a level playing field for the four-year-olds. Yeah, it certainly does, and I think um, perhaps they, they recognise that. And if you go back through the, the recent years of how well the four-year-olds have mm -hmm. done into the Miracle Mile then coming out of that, um, have faith in me as a four-year-old. He was able to do it. Um, you then have a look at some of the others... That while they've raced well, catch a wave last year, obviously winning it. While they've certainly been in the mix, perhaps not quite up to winning it. So um, bringing it back to another only the week break, it, it will be interesting just to see how that uh, how that levels off. All right, we've got ten races tomorrow night at Albion Park. Of the ten races, which race are you most looking forward to tomorrow night? Um, I am looking forward to speak the truth. Just being first up from a spell but I think he should be he should be far too good I think the uh, one race earlier the up to 70 final I think this is going to be a really fascinating contest and these 70 races they're you know they're w working so well and producing not only you know great races but the the form lines that come out of them tend to um, to hold up along the way and um, the Bowden Blues Sir Brigadoon, two two horses that are in hot form amongst uh, another couple of others there that are racing really well and um, Sir Brigadoon draws gate seven and the Bowden Blues the second line so keen to see how this plays out because the Bowden Blues was runner up in uh, one of these 70 finals two starts ago he was drew this same gate. He worked around them early. Pete McMullen got around, got into the into the contest, and did all the work. It was a 27-1 first quarter. He went again with a 28-3 second quarter as he was working, and um, it took Bangkok DJ every inch of the straight to run him down. And um, they pulled well clear of the remaining uh, runners. And you see Shellshock run third in that race. It, well, he sort of franked that form. He's come out and won a, a qualifying race. So. Um, be keen to see how this sets up and Sir Brigadoon unbeaten since he's arrived in Queensland mm. uh, Ryan labelled uh, OK Boomer always smoking as the two best bets tomorrow night what is your best bet tomorrow night well, he might have got an early sneak at the dashboard because uh, 
I've got OK Boomer as, as the best as well, so we're on the same page there. I thought Always Smoke, and he gets a, a massive opportunity. He's been just crying out for a barrier. He's drawn barrier seven, um, three of his past four starts. And in Queensland, since he's been with Chantel and Pete, he's led four, uh, sorry, five times. He's won four of those. So um, it all sets up perfectly for Always Smoking to uh, bounce back to winning form. So, yeah, I think he's the one. The other one that uh, I think can run a bit of a race is uh, race six, number one, Flare Up, draws the good gate, and uh, it'd be good to see Matt Elkins. It'd be good for their family to uh, to get a bit of a, a boost if Flare Up can lead all the way there in race six. Of course, um, their dad, Greg Elkins, not in the best of health at the moment. And just on that, I spoke with Matt this morning. Uh, so he's still in hospital. Uh, he's had four lots of surgery already, Greg. Uh, following that uh, accident there last Friday afternoon. And uh, it, it's... Well, he's not out of the woods, put it that way. So, um, you know, it's concerning times for the Elkins family. So, But the support, and this is why Matt rung, he just wanted to pass on the, the thanks to the industry that have reached out uh, following the news that, you know, Greg's in the PA hospital. Uh, so it's, yeah, not, not clear and smooth sailing just yet. There's still a lot of uh, work to be done, but... Um, they are very appreciative of the support that the industry have shown over the past couple of days. Yeah, I said to you this morning off air, Chris, I went to Marburg a couple of years ago and they greeted me with open arms and went down to the stable. Lovely people, the Elkins. And, yeah, it was all to do with a horse in the box, kicked mm. out, connected with it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Just um, extremely painful situation too yeah. at the time. So our yeah. thoughts and prayers certainly remain with the Elkins family. So, uh, as I said, uh, he's not out of the, the woods yet, so... Um, but uh, he has undergone four lots of surgery. They have removed the spleen, so hopefully uh, there is some positive news just around the corner. Uh, the dashboard, you mentioned it. It is now up and available on the RQ website. Yes, yeah, certainly is. And um, Pete McMullen, he stays home from that uh, Sydney trip, which he was originally going to go on, I believe, but uh, he's ended up with a pretty solid book, and uh, I think he's got the Bowden Blues always smoking, I think, both win their race, so he's got those, and then he's got Riley Rainbow. She'll be first up from a spell in the last race, as well as a few others. I think he's got nine out of the ten races he's driving in, so could be a big night there for Pete. Um, I thought race six looked a good trifecta race. Um, that was the one there with Flare Up. I thought if you work her around with Bonnie's Dance and Vindicate, two other mares that are in super form, we can get a get a good trifecta or first four going around those. So it's all up and about and on the RQ website. All right, 10 races tomorrow night at Albion Park starting at 5.34. There's nine this afternoon, first race at 12.03. Hey, Darren, we'll see you trackside later today. Appreciate the time. Enjoy the weekend and uh, we'll talk again next week. Looking forward to it, Chris. Thank you.